structure, yeah. I can know I need that. Yeah, I'm ready to No, no, sir, you, what you say? You were teaching, please. Come on, don't know me, sir. We're gonna have a problem here. Your attention, please, and welcome in to another episode of Yap Chicago. We, we appreciate you rocking with us and hitting playing wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. As always, you can listen to the show on Twitter at Yap Chicago underscore or on Instagram at Yap Chicago. You can also call us and leave us a message at 312-985-6006. I got to go to that mailbox and make sure there's space. Uh, it, it's been a minute since we've been uh, since we've been back. But as always, this episode is brought to you by Tribe Coffee Co., Light roast, dark roast, espresso, decaf. Don't miss out on the smooth, bold, rich flavors of Tribe Coffee. To support this local coffee company and the show, visit tribecoffeeco.com and it's a promo code YAPSHY for 10% off of your order. As always, I am your host, Edgar Perez, and joining me is Lazy. Lazy F, baby, what it do? We are back. But not only is the show back, but we're also welcoming back one of the original members of Yap Chicago. You may remember him, Michael Bowling. It's so goddamn good to be back and hear that intro. I feel like I feel like Jordan in ninety in ninety. What was it? Ninety three, ninety four. You just got to tweet. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find that screenshot. I'm gonna do that. We're it's back. Good to be back with you boys, man. This is awesome. We're back, and it's not. Uh, is this? Uh, are you just on as a guest, or are you back full time? What, what's happening here? How about we, how about we uh, fill in the people here I'm, a little bit? I'm back. I'm ten toes in. Uh, I had some challenges with uh, getting my new my new job back in April that hindered me from doing this full time. But we're all good, bro. I'm back in the fold. Let's and it feels like a good time to be back because there's a lot of moving parts in Chicago sports, which we will get into very very soon. That's the beauty of uh, of Chicago sports, really, and why we all really fall in love is that the content's always there, right? Things are always happening. Your your team's either good and we got stuff to look forward to, or they're bad and we're angry, yell at them, and we have to make uh, changes as a certain team is currently going under that. But before we depress everyone and get mad and angry about the Bears, we're back, but guess who's also back? The Chicago Bulls. Great fucking oh. season. They're getting out to a great start, and uh, it's it's... Bowling, how have you seen this Bulls team so far and just the way they've been playing? I've I've loved every second of this NBA season. I think when we were talking back, you know, when we first started the podcast, we were cautiously excited. I was probably more excited than most with what was going on back then. But you signed DeMar DeRozan. There's a lot of question marks. You clean house. There's no one in – basically no one on the roster that was on the roster last year. Um, but, but we all had this trust in AK and, and Mark Eversley. Right. Mm -hmm. And they proved us right. You know, you change the culture by getting out a bunch of people who aren't going to be, you know, successful for us in the future, long-term you trim the fat and then you bring in veterans that can really change the culture. And that's what's happened. I mean, DeMar DeRozan probably should be a Laker right now. They lowballed him. And he came here with a chip on his shoulder and he's playing at an MVP level and that's elevated everybody's game. You know, I think the, the stories about him and Io and, and going out to Champagne and watching him get his jersey retired, like you can't put a price on that. That's, that's what you want from a veteran leader. And the culture has changed. We're 27 and 11. And, you know, I, I went from cautiously excited to like, let's go win this whole damn thing. Why not? What a great person for uh for Io to kind of have a, have someone to look up to, have like a sort of mentor to introduce him into the league, right? We we see see Io, we see how smart he is, and just the way he plays, it, he plays like a veteran, and to be surrounded by such a supporting cast where he doesn't have to have a bunch of expectations. I don't, I don't think we had too high of expectations for Io, especially coming out of the second round, which he's proven that he should have gone the first, mm -hmm. but no one really saw this kind of like instant impact that he can provide. And I think it's more on the energy on the defensive side, but he's also gotten more confident in the shot, and that's shown as of late. Yeah, and I actually think that Caruso is going to be a great mentor for him uh, because that's exactly the type of player that he can be, where he locks yeah. someone down defensively, especially, for example, we're recording today uh, on Wednesday. He actually was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to try to shut down Kate Cunningham. And the reason is because he's like, he got drafted before me. 
I'm gonna make sure y'all fucked up. Y'all know that you fucked up. Mm-hmm. And he took and, that personally. <laughs> yeah, he, he he took it personally. He tried to shut him down. And I think Caruso is gonna be a great mentor to show him, like, hey, you don't have to score 20, 20 points a game to stay in this league if you do those little hustle plays. And as soon as he came in, I believe they went on a nine nine two run uh, to start the uh, the first quarter yesterday. So with that, it's it's super important with the people that they bring around. The weird thing is that it actually kind of started, I think, last year with Vooch because everyone was like, hey, these guys are actually going to try to make the playoffs. And yeah. that, that sends a message to the rest of the league. And you have DeMar DeRozan and you have Zach Levine saying, everyone's talking to us about the Bulls are back. You know what? The atmosphere when you go to a game as well is fucking nuts now. I have been out to a game and uh, I went to go see them play Denver. The day that Demar Derozan got put on a uh, COVID nineteen oh, protocol and stuff, and that was that was a good game. It was it was one of the first like real teams, or one of the first opportunities where it's like, okay, you're not catching teams off guard. Like you got Denver coming in, and l- let's see what you got. And they took care of business that day, and they got a, a tough schedule coming up here, especially starting tonight. We're again, like Lee said, recording this Wednesday night. Fortunately for us. Since we record late, the Bulls are tipping off even later. We get a 9, 9 p.m. tip for the Bulls, and thank you, uh, ESPN or schedulers or primetime, whoever it was that decided. We're going to stay up a little late for this one, but uh, it, it's going to be worth it. And we're, we're it's, it's the first of a big stretch of um, opponents here for the Bulls. Brooklyn tonight, Golden State on Friday, Boston, Memphis, even Cleveland coming up after that, then the Milwaukee. The schedule doesn't let up for like the next six games here, and it's going to be a good test to see these Bulls who are, are getting back healthy. We're really just missing Alex Caruso, uh, Javonta Green. Who, um, so once we get them back, then we already locked and loaded. They had that streak, nine-game winning streak. <clears throat> Excuse me. They had the nine-game winning streak and uh, got snapped in, in Dallas. And then that Dallas game, they didn't even look that organized. They were playing sloppy basketball. It was really ugly. And I think that's, that's kind of like the wake-up call they needed. And then they kind of recalibrated against the Pistons, and I'm, I'm excited to see this kind of run they're about to go on or the stretch of teams that they're about to take on. And they won by 200 like they should have yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I was I was nervous, man. I, when I saw that line, I was like, it was like 12 or like 15 and a half, something like that. And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like that's, that's the big difference with this year versus any years, I guess, since 2011, 2012. You know, like I, I realized that this was for real based on the the – the circus trip, you know, the West coast trip they had earlier in the season where it's like you go to Portland and San Antonio and you play the double dip with LA and, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers and they beat both LA teams. And I I remember telling my buddy, like, when's the last time that that happened? It was like six or seven years, maybe I, I, it may have been even more, but I'm like, okay, now we have to really pay attention because you play these games against these top level teams on the road and you come back, I think they went six and two or, or five and one or something like that. Like that's something that we haven't done in so long. And, you know, I think that early game against the jazz was a good one too. Cause everyone has, you know, high hopes for the jazz and big, big Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell was healthy. Bogdanovich was, you know, there was no excuses and they handled business early. So they caught people's attention. Um, they're not going to sneak up on anyone anymore. Uh, they're the top team in the East two and a half game lead on the nets. Like you said, that game's tonight. Thankful that it's at 9 PM so we can watch it in its entirety. But this is a huge test for them tonight. You know, I think returning Kyrie, Kyrie and James Harden were questionable. They're available to play per our guy Shams. He says that they're both you know, they're going to get back out there on the floor. So we'll see, man. I think that what we did in the beginning was we played really hard defense and I think we've gotten away from it a little bit. So if they let this game turn into a track meet, it could be a long night, but I have confidence that they're going to win. I put my money on it. You know, I'm going to take them to win outright. And, you know, hopefully they play some, some good defense because this is the best team you're going to face. And we've got, we've banked two wins on them already. So they're definitely going to be fired up and, and trying to get this win back. So really excited to see how they do tonight. Bulls are getting a point. You say you're, you're going to take a money line? Yeah, so I figured I would take them early in case the line flipped and it happened. So I should have waited because <laughs> 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 I, I I didn't think Harden was going to play. I thought Kyrie would play, 
which, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on Kyrie's situation, but it's kind of wild what's going on. And, you know, they're all being the lineup. How much they play is remains to be seen. That's why I think it's, you know, you got to be cautious when you're betting NBA these days because these, yeah, for sure. these injury reports come out last minute and you don't know how long people are going to play and whatnot. So either way, it's a huge test. It's the number two team in the East. Um, you know, I think mentally it means more. You know, the first couple times they didn't have Kyrie, you want to you want to face them at their best. Um, they have their own issues, but it's the NBA. It's a make or miss league, and you got to win all the games on the schedule. So we'll uh, we'll line up our best with their best, and let's see what happens. Did you? Hey, see- that used to go ahead. That used to be Edgar's throwaway line. If you didn't know <laughs> shit about basketball, he's just like, "It's a make or miss league, bro. What yeah. are you gonna do?" And that's my go. And, uh, that's really my go to line with everything going forward. Like you can be talking about, you know. Yeah, the power play sucks. Hey, man, it's a make or miss league. Yo, I mean, you know, he got knocked down in the first round. It's make or miss league, man. What, what, what can I say? What can I, what can I tell you, man? Did you guys see the the? Not to go too deep in with Kyrie, but that was a story today where uh, New York might let him play in Brooklyn yeah. if the if the if Brooklyn That's pays deep. a small fine. It's for for a franchise like in the NBA. It's so minuscule; it doesn't even. Did you see matter. the numbers? At least I'm assuming you saw the numbers. Bowling, did you see these numbers? Mm-mm. All right, so good. The numbers here they are. Kyrie, <laughs> this is from a uh, from, from uh, NBA Central on Twitter. Kyrie Irving could be available to play Nets home games if Brooklyn is willing to pay a small fine per whatever. The first defense, they're getting just warning. Okay, because we didn't know that Kyrie was already ineligible to play. Uh, the second offense, a one thousand dollar fine. What? Third offense. That make any sense. It gets better. Third offense, a two thousand dollar fine. <laughs> what is going on? A fi- this is uh, real. A, I'm dead ass. A fourth offense, a five thousand dollar fine. So after five offenses, can you stop getting offenses? Because that no. money he has in his shoe, like <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, from the fifth fence and into infinity of offenses. Quote as this tweet says, it will be every time there's an offense going forward, a five thousand dollar fine. So the cap is five grand after the fifth offense or fourth offense. Yep. So I mean, like we're not our, whoever listens to the show is obviously not an idiot, like. That is no amount of money. <laughs> Pennies. Literally to like every person on the roster. It's a fucking so is, joke, bro. <laughs> is, that a, is that an NBA rule or is that a, no, I think, a I think New York rule? I think it's just a New York rule because right now New York's the one that's telling Kyrie he can't play. This is ridiculous, bro. Like rent in New York costs $5,000. Yeah. So why on earth, like if they're the most expensive place to live, you would think that it would be $50,000 after the fourth offense, which is still no money. <laughs> Not for a basketball team. They, they, they get different rules, I guess. So for if for an offense, you get to pay a, a month's rent for a, you know, a two-bedroom apartment. Somebody called in to de Blasio and was like, yo, if we want to win <laughs> the NBA Finals, we're going to have to let Kyrie play. So make this a decent little fine. We'll just sweep it under the rug. Just fake it? Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's it was ridiculous. When I read that, I literally laughed. I was just like, you you I can, can get. I can't believe that's real. That's literally <laughs> those are like courtside seats. You're basically giving yeah. away courtside fucking seats. <laughs> like, like. The last point. time I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, my buddies and I were watching March Madness, and we spent three thousand dollars throughout the course of the day, and we drank a lot. That I, is I the would cost hope you did one, for three thousand dollars. That's the cost of one fine to play an NBA game in New York. That's bullshit. They're full of hold it. on, hold on. I, we've been out. Me and Lee's have been out. I don't think we've ever came close to a three thousand dollar. This had to this be was, like a club, right? Where you're buying bottles or something. Yeah, th- it okay. was a big. It was a big that event. Makes... I mean, there was like twelve to fifteen of us. We were eating, drinking. We'd spent the entire day there. It wasn't like one night. It was like watching all. The oh, March I, yeah. Madness you games. did say it was March Madness. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Though, still. I mean. But- I feel like oh. the closest we got was like four hundred bucks at La Luna. Where dude, <laughs> that, was, shit, that, that probably got you a lot. Dude, the we shit did, it was funny as fuck because they originally were like there's a sixty sixty minute limit. And then once we got to sixty minutes, they were like, Oh no, 
you guys are fine. You ba- you guys are basically fucking making our nights worth of fucking we, rent and shit. We looked at them. We're like, do we got to get up? They're like, no, no, no. It's fine. Just just have a seat. You guys want to order another round? You already ordered like you know five of them. We're like, yes. They sure, literally brought us free shots. It went from get the fuck out after sixty minutes to here's some more free shots, guys, on us. <laughs> Because the more you the more you drink, the more you'll spend. Right. <laughs> that's, genius, that's genius business. That came close. All right, three thousand dollars divided by fifteen guys. That's two hundred bucks. It's not. It's yeah. not as bad as I thought. Yeah. If that's an all day thing, three k. Let's say tops fifteen guys. Everyone stays. Yep. And shout out all the homies. I I gave everyone a tip on Ohio money line versus Virginia. So we won all the money back. It was great. It was one of the best trips I ever taken. That is a good trip. I mean to get out to a. Uh, so spring training out there. I've never been. It seems fun, baseball, but it looks, we don't it looks know. Cool. We don't know yet. There is no baseball. <laughs> I mean, the the last trip we fucking took was pretty cool. Where do you go? Went Vegas? To Vegas for Bears uh, Raiders. That That's was right. great. Yeah, and there was a heavyweight fight that weekend, too. Yeah. The Wilder and yeah. uh, Fury. Speaking of that game, we went and watched one of the only wins – I think they didn't win another game for like five weeks after that. Six weeks was that? Was that the last one before the losing streak? Yeah, it was. I think and it was those... literally almost a month and a half before they'd won another football game. And, and I also... literally talked so much shit to Raiders fans in Las Vegas. <laughs> they should have kicked me out of the stadium. And we're chanting "fuck the Packers" underneath the, <laughs> the the MGM Grand, of course. And then the Packers railroad us, and we don't win another game for two months. Right. <laughs> But but think of the high we were at in Vegas. Just saw a Bears win. We're in Vegas. We're partying. It's just the last John Gruden game. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> on, on our on our flight back, we were watching that Monday Night Football game when like news was breaking about John Gruden. It was like, holy shit! <laughs> I didn't believe I didn't believe they were going to fire him. But speaking of firing, it's a pretty decent time to uh, get excited. I think about the Bears. T- is, timidly, is it, is timidly. It? I don't know if we can trust. George, and I'm just so happy that both Nagy and Pace are gone. That's where I'll start. Yes. I, I think we could agree that when, when that news broke that they were both let go, the entire fan base had a level of optimism that filled. Because a, a lot of the talk, and I, me personally, I, I didn't understand the rationale of like the rumors that Pace would stay. The only one, the only kind of thing that you kind of rationalize is that the Bears are dumb, and you can see them doing a dumb move like that, right? But, they are dumb. We know that. But nothing, no, nothing pointed that made sense that to keep Ryan Pace. I just didn't understand. So I think a part of me always hoped that they would both be gone. But then the he rumors. Have, he he does have fucking nice hair, bro. He does have a clean fade. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> That fade is hey, clean, man. You you think he's the one that hooked up Andy Dalton? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Did you see Andy Dalton's fade? Do you think he was getting those kind of fades in Cincinnati? Nah. Nah, man. That's no, the Chicago what? fade through and through, bro. I don't even think they cut hair in Cincinnati. <laughs> they just eat chili chili dogs. They eat chili on spaghetti. And, uh... Joe Burrow came through to Cincinnati with his own barber. He flew him out and bought him a house next to him. That's- Did he really? No, I'm lying, but I, I would I would guess that that's what he did because Joe Burrow is the man, but he ain't getting no good haircuts in Cincinnati. I guarantee that. He's the first person ever to do the get the get in fucking Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's back to the Bears, though. But, yeah, so once they were both announced gone, I think that's when everybody, like, you know, they, they had a breath of relief. They exhaled their – and we thought everything was, you know, on the up and up until, until. we get the George McCaskey <laughs> press conference. An hour long press conference. And I sat through that entire thing. I was just curious. I want to see where this is going. And as time <laughs> passed and it went on and that timer ticked off, it went lower and lower and lower and lower. And my expect- expectations now made me just as sad as if they were to keep, keep pacing Aggie. <laughs> I, I I honestly, I was having the greatest, I was having an awesome weekend in Indianapolis and then the shoes started to drop and I literally danced. I was listening to the score all day. Every time they did that big voice guy, 
Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been fired. I was dancing. I was doing a little sway. <laughs> and what will the Bears got, do next? Yeah, and then I got in the car to go downtown for the national championship, and I was reading on Twitter some of the quotes that were coming out, and I immediately got so sad. <laughs> like, so I didn't listen to it. I, I listened to it after the fact, but the thing that really killed me was the quotes from Virginia, and she's like. Very, very disappointed. I, I, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Like, as a kid, that always killed me. Like, when my parents were like, I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. I'm like, I'd rather you just punch me in the fucking jaw. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with the disappointment. Like, fuck. So. I told you to get back before the streetlight comes on. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I never caught any uh, right hooks from my dad. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. Um I'm optimistic because of the names that are out there that are being floated, but yeah. we have been very well known to do stupid things and hire the wrong people. And we got old man, Bill Polian back in the fold, helping out again. So well, I don't know. I, there's enough names out there that it inspires a little bit of optimism. I just, this is such a turning point for the franchise. Like you're potentially moving into a new building. You have a, a, quarterback that you are confident enough in to be a guy for the next few years the defense a lot of people are going to be gone i hope eddie jack i'll drive eddie jackson <laughs> to o'hare or midway i won't drive him to o'hare i'll drive him to midway though nah. um yeah so i think that we're at a crossroads they got to hire the right person and i don't know who that is i have my opinion but We'll see. I'm also glad that Ted Phillips is out of the way. Hopefully. We'll see. Your president of a football president of a football team is not involved in any football decisions moving forward. Supposedly. I'm not a I'm Supposedly. not a football guy. Supposedly. He's yeah, not just a fan. But he's but he's gonna be yeah. on the committee that hires, you know, the GM and the coach. So I, I don't want know him just... to focus solely on how big the bathrooms will be in Arlington Heights. That's that's job number one. Make Dude, the honestly, concourse is really long and wide, and <laughs> extensive bathrooms, because Soldier Field is such a dump. And I was there for the freaking Ravens game, which was a nightmare, and I couldn't get out because everyone's walking on top of each other. It's a mile and a half walk to the train. We, I know we're all Metra to the Arlington Heights Stadium guys, so I'm not. I'm preaching to the choir, but. Ted Phillips, that's your job. Figure out the bathrooms. You know what? Just fucking cut their chuck, let them stay home with their fucking Roquan jersey on, and just get them out the fucking way, bro. Like, <laughs> can we can we get some competent football people in here so that they can hire people that are actually going to do something? Because you know Bill Pullian's going to try to bring a retread coach in here. Like, let's be real. The first name that was floated was Leslie Frazier. I'm like, what are we doing? Or Doug hey, right. Peterson. I think, Doug, I think Doug Peterson interviewed today. If I'm not mistaken, right? And that's so crazy because he was around during spring training wearing fucking T-shirts and shit, hanging out with his friend Matt Nagy. It's like, bro, like you brought this guy to the facility, now he's about to take your job? That's so crazy to me. I mean, his Super Bowl winning quarterback is on the roster, so he might as well make the best of it. Do you think we would have won eight games if Foles just played the whole season? Because I do. Foles? Um... the two games that would have gotten us to eight were the Steelers game, which Justin played really well, and I'm glad that he got all the reps he did. But it was that one and the Ravens game. And Ra- no, the Ravens uh, game. Dalton, Dalton played the Ravens game, and he was yeah. awful. That was very. That was a very valuable game. Until his that last throw, which was a broken play to Marquise Goodwin. So I, I mean, just Foles think good in, in Seattle. I just think him and him and Nagy just clashed too much. Yeah, you know he. It, mm-hmm. Nick Foles wants to run at a certain speed, and Matt Nagy won't let him because he needs to run Matt Nagy's plays. And I think over the course of a, of a seventeen game season, I think it w- they would have just clashed too much. Well, that's and, and same, and same thing. Some of those things idiot. would have imploded. Oh yeah, yeah I agree one hundred percent. But I mean, they even asked uh, Nick Foles what he thought about what's wrong with the offense, and he was like, "Well, that's not my place to say anything because he knows that he was about to rip into fucking Nagy." That's what I'm saying. I what, what would it really say? What he, would it really say if they if if he did answer honestly? Hey, uh, uh, Nick, uh, down here in the front. Hey, big what, dick. 
Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Why does this offense suck? Because of Matt Nagy. <laughs> the fucking coach. Stays. It would have been easy. That's why I respect Nick Foles because he yeah. could have hold Matt Nagy the whole time. I mean, he said he it in the Cleveland Browns game. Yeah, the yeah he's like, I don't there. know why we're doing this. That's why they asked him because they finally got him in front of a microphone to to really ask him that question. Like, hey, man, uh, I saw you reference that. What do you mean? And what is it? What does it matter to Nick Foles? He's already won a Super Bowl. He's getting paid to just hang out. Yeah. He's got homies on the team. Chicago is obviously not an awful place to live, so I'll just sit here and collect my check. When they call my number, all I'll do is just walk out there and go get a win. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Yeah. But, like, for him now, it's like, if Peterson gets hired, he'll want to stay because that's his guy. But, like, you got to keep him. He's the best backup quarterback maybe ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's I mean, an yeah. argument to be made about it. How many of those backup quarterbacks went on and won you a Super Bowl? You know, not for, not, not for that team, but like Matt, you know, for someone else. You, did Did you see Matt Flynn tweeting about like, oh, well, everybody's hurt, <laughs> everybody got COVID. It's time to come give me another bag. Like, I respect that guy. He should have. Hey, fuck him. You got to stay in shape, bro. <laughs> he said, "Fuck him." Fuck him. <laughs> hey, isn't I think isn't he tied for most touchdowns or some shit? Didn't he throw seven? Yep. Who? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Throw for seven. Oh, seven. in a game? He had seven touchdowns yeah. in a game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's real. Yeah, that was that that was that game that got him all that money. So And then Russell Wilson think, was like, nah, bro. You you're you're really ass. Do you guys think that Ryan Pace got fired because they offered Olin Krutz enough money to work at Taco Bell shift? <laughs> Dude, that shit was so disrespectful. And oh my god. Following Olin Krutz on Twitter that day was the fucking best. Because he was basically like, I'm going to fucking show up to Soldier Field right now. <laughs> he was talking about pulling up. He definitely <laughs> would. I, I, I Didn't he break someone? Didn't he hit someone with a dumbbell or something like that back in his playing days? Yeah. I, I don't remember. but Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. According to the FBI, allegedly. He might have shot him, dude. They just <laughs> no, they were at a shooting range. I remember that. They were at a shooting range. It was like, They're like hey, he just pick up this plate right quick and catch leg. this. Bop. But man, I what a scary guy to piss off, man. Why the fuck would they do that? The disrespect, also. I mean, aside from just pissing them off. I mean, before that even got out, the the fifteen dollar offer, really? That was a real. Th- I told that to my wife, and she was like, "You're kidding, right?" I was like, "No, I'm serious." To I go listened back. to the score that day, and that was that was the main question they asked. I'm like, did this really happen? And he explained the story and. He said that Ryan Pace came up to him after the fact and was like, well, I guess we could have done a little better to get you in the in the building. And he was like, yeah, you could have. And I don't get it because what you're doing is you're alienating all the former players. So whoever they hire has to be someone that turns that around because you talk about guys like Lance Briggs, Olin Krutz, Alex Brown, you know, guys that are in the media now that – are being honest. Like the problem is you're a family owned business. You don't want to sell, but you don't want people to talk shit about you. You got to win. If you don't win, people are going to talk shit and they can't handle that. So while I, as much as I want them to sell the team and I know they're not, they're going to have to turn that around because why would the alumni even give a fuck? You know, like Devin Hester is going to go into the hall of fame, hopefully on the first ballot. He's not going to have anything good to say about anyone. And it's just weirdo vibes that they brought it up during that press conference. They, like, uh-huh. specifically brought it up just to be like, yeah, Owen Cruz is a liar. Like, come on, bro. Like, they, it's it's stupid as hell because then on Twitter you see Owen Cruz, Jerry Azuma, Charles Tillman, they're all saying, hey, I would love to go back to Soldier Field and tell everyone, hey, this is what I believe should be the direction of the team. Yeah. But they've never been asked to come back. How do you not ask fucking Peanut to come back? Peanut probably don't even want to come back. He's like a CIA agent. He he wrote he, he wrote, he wrote a, a sailboat across the the seven seas or whatever the hell it is. That, that's that's the motherfucker you got to get to hire a coach. Absolutely, he'll fucking do a background check like no other motherfucker. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he got the software on his computer. It it is puzzling, and honestly, before this Olin stuff, I, I've heard other Bears talk in the past about how the Bears aren't really really welcoming to to have players back. It's really just like, hey guys, I, I'm retiring today, and they're like, okay, just here you go, sign these papers. Uh, we'll see you, I guess. 
Like there's no real yeah. relationship that the McCassies keep with these former players. And you see the difference in town. AK comes in, Mark Eversley come in. We had the, the Joakim Noah night, which was basically a love fest. Yep. Like those are important moments and, and nights for your franchise. You know, like I, I'm not a live in the past. You know, we, we, we were, we weren't alive in 85. So whatever, like, but the history matters, especially in football, I think. The best franchises are the ones that have deep history. You think of the Steelers. You think of the Patriots. You know, like these teams that have this rich history, they bring in their guys back. They have a ring of, ring of honor. And these guys want to come back and watch and all that. And what the hell do we have? We got a guy calling the best center, a top five bear maybe ever, a liar in the liar. public. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. From so a- like how do you so how do you get better? You hire someone that handles all football and then slowly Phillips, McCaskey, all these people just like fade into the background. Like you gotta let somebody take all of it or else nothing's gonna change. But it's to me it's weird that they're they're so adamant about them just being fans and that they're not really the football people. Yet they don't want to put anybody in place that is a football person. They think that a general manager and a head coach is enough to run a football program. And it's really not. And don't you think that as a fan, you would want to bring out the best players that you had previously in your franchise so that you can say, hey, you remember how great that team was when we went to the Super Bowl with Pina Tillman, with Brian Erlacher, with Lance Briggs? How about we bring those guys back and they tell us their thoughts on the team, what we could do to get back to that prominent, you know, featured team, that Mm -hmm. scary-ass defense that they had at that time. Devin Hester, for example. I wouldn't be surprised if if he fucking retires as a Falcon, man. Like seriously, like <laughs> no. All right, let's not let's not take it that far because the, the Bears, the ex players, they. I heard Olin Bears. Oh, Olin Bears. <laughs> I heard Olin Coot say this. Should be his name. It's true. He does look like a fucking bear. Yeah, that is a big scary guy. I remember back when he was still playing back in the day. I we went to um, I went to Detroit to see them play, and he was walking around the lobby barefoot. And just like you can tell, he just had like a walk through or something. He's just barefoot walking through the lobby, just like, oh, just like just big giant man. You know, he was heavier because it was in his playing days. So he just, yeah. Yep. And he big, gave someone hell on the on the Lions yeah. for three, three and a half hours. I also saw Johnny Knox in an elevator and he was literally like up to my eyes. And I was like, holy crap, you play football, man. It's no wonder you got, well, this is before he <laughs> got folded in half. You know, you know, yeah. I hope you're okay, Johnny. But damn, that was a scary injury. Uh, <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, yeah, I heard uh, Olin Krutz say this on a clip from Redline. He was on Redline Radio, and he said they asked him to elaborate because someone asked him. I think Danny Parkins asked him on the score, like, do you hate the Bears? And he kind of went through his answer again, and he was like, I don't hate the Bears because, to me, the Bears are Brian Erlacher. The Bears are Walter Payton. The Bears are Devin Hester. So I don't think any of these players, even as weirdly as the McCassies have treated them, if they were truly asked for their opinions and their help. I think they'll be more than willing to come by and give their two cents. And they're very, it'll be worth it for the McCassies. Like I said, it doesn't make sense to me that they are adamant about, Hey, we're just fans. We just want the best for the team, but yet we're going to be the ones hiring the people that were, that we think are best for the team. How does that make sense? If you're going to just be a fan, just get out the way, get out of the way. Easy as that. And to say like, when they, in the press conference, they also asked them like, you know, uh, what, what, they asked George, what have you done over this stretch of time to justify your position? And his answer was like, oh, this is where he makes a switch from, you know, from being a family person to from being a family person to being, you know, the uh, the fan, right? Or the business person. He's like, oh, yeah, I talked to the board and they came to the decision that, you know, they, they still want me to leave. You mean you talk to your to your your brothers and sisters and your mom? <laughs> And don't, the only two people on the board that aren't your family are, like, fucking 85, 91. <laughs> it's, like, what? it's so bad. What the fuck it's you mean so the bad. board is happy with your performance? I mean, at, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you got to respect these guys as Hall of Fame bears, guys that went through all the wars together. And you got to take a real pulse of the city, right? Like, I think some cities you can get away with nonsense because it's whatever. The Bears are a charter franchise in NFL. Yeah. Crucial to the success and happiness of all Chicagoans. As a Chicagoan, what have we been doing for the last six or seven years? False hope. 
trading for guys that are good, not putting them in positions to succeed, drafting guys that we think are good, that are trash, pushing people away that are, you know, like it's just too much nonsense. So my hope literally comes from there are very, very smart football people who are looking for jobs. We need to get lucky or just put someone in a position to say, it's Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick will do it. It's Khan from the the Steelers. They're getting ready to promote him now. It's yeah. like that should tell you everything you need to know. Yep. If he's going to get promoted by the Steelers, you might as well just give him whatever the hell he wants because it's clear a successful franchise like that, if they're going to prioritize him, we haven't had any kind of stability, stability like that in years. So they have a chance to make it right. Will they do it? Probably not. We'll see. Yeah, I know they interviewed uh, Brian Flores yesterday, Tuesday, and I believe they also interviewed someone from the Patriots for a GM job. I believe he's an assistant now. So both of them really would be like Patriots people because Brian Flores came from the Patriots beforehand, before he was on the Dolphins. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad if they did get B-Flow. Who, who do you want, Liz? I'd be GM happy with And for, for head coach. Honestly, I, I think for a coach, Brian Flores would be a good fit just because as long as he, he figured out that he needs someone that's super good on the offensive end because he came in this year with two offensive coordinators in Miami, which just isn't going to work. I think he has to realize, like, hey, this is what I suck at. I need someone that's absolutely awesome at this. Get them you know, lined up, bring them over here. Because he, if he came over here and worked with his defense, this defense is more skilled than the Dolphins' defenses. Mm-hmm. They they would do way better than they would. With I mean, you have Mac, you have uh, Roquan. If Akeem Hicks comes back, you know you got him. Um, but with that, I, I think Brian Flores would be a good fit. And then for GM, that's a little bit harder. I know a lot of people bring up Lewis Riddick. Um. And there was a little bit of rumblings for him last year, if I'm not mistaken, too, if yep. Pace was going to yeah. get fired. But honestly, for GM, I think it has to be someone that is going to be willing to just go balls to the wall at this point. Because if you look at it, the teams that are going for it, they're like, fuck it. These picks don't mean shit if, yep. if we're the getting Rams. a player that's good right now. We're hoping that this pick becomes this player, that we could get that player now. Let's just get them right away. And someone that actually can evaluate talent would be uh, kind of nice Um, because you have, or at least put them in a position that they can do their job correctly. Because honestly, Allen Robinson sucked this year and I don't even blame him. I honestly think that he was put in a terrible position and at a certain point when he was complaining, I think they started phasing him out because they're like, if you're not going to sign with us, we're not going to make you get a bigger contract next, you know? Um, so for GM, I, I, I honestly don't have a pick, um, Lewis Riddick. I mean, he, he seems like a smart guy. Um, but I, I don't know if he'd be a good fit. How about you guys? It doesn't always translate. Um, I think he's, he's passionate enough. And I think being a member of the media, you see it from a different lens. So I think he'd come in and make good decisions, but definitely you know, deserves an interview for sure. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I alluded to it earlier. Omar Khan is the VP of Football Ops and Administration. Like that title, you're going to be the president of Football Ops and Administration. Just give him the fucking keys and let him do his work. Like that's what we need. Yeah. And I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, I, I would love Brian Flores. I think the Bears are best when, when the defense is leading. Um, and I think Justin has a lot of developing still to do. So the less pressure we have on him to score – 28 points a game, I think the better. And you can get an OC that will just focus solely on developing him. I think these two things could be parallel path if you turn the defense around. So I'm with Brian Flores. I would entertain the the interview with Jim Harbaugh if he wants to leave Michigan because I think he's better, much better set up as a as a NFL coach that doesn't have to worry about recruiting. They've not they've kind of phased him out of recruiting anyway. Um, and it's getting younger there. So those would be the two that I would prefer. And I think I really just, I really want Brian Flores. I think bringing that culture and that vibe to Chicago is, is something that we've missed for since Lovey. I mean, all Lovey did was go 10 and six and get fired. So 
we can get back to that, get guys that want to come here and play defense and, and, you know, live up to the monsters of the midway and all that, whatever, like that's when we're at our best. I mean, we don't have to put that much pressure on Justin. Edgar, before you say your pick for who you think you hit it on the head, terrible franchises do exactly what they did to Lovey Smith. Yep. You fire them after you have a good season just because you have unreal expectations for them. I'm looking at the Detroit Lions when they fired Jim Caldwell. I'm looking yep. at the Miami Dolphins when they fired Brian Flores. Yep. Both of them shitty organizations. We're right behind them because yep. he's the best coach that we've had for how long? <laughs> been th- 30 since years Dick, since Dicka. Since Dicka, right? And so, even then, it was like Dicka was the coach of the defense. And, yeah, and he, Buddy he Ryan the was offense. the coach, you know, the coach of the offense. And then Buddy Ryan was the coach of the defense. So it's always been kind of fucking weird here. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I think that's what you have to do. You have to look in the fucking mirror and say, we are a shitty franchise right now. We cannot continue to do the same thing over and over again. So fuck Bill Polian. So hopefully he's not part of the actual <laughs> search. <laughs> They just said that for bullshit, huh? <laughs> All right, Edgar, who do you want? I'm kind of with Lee's in the sense of uh, it, it's tough to make a call on GM because we don't really – all these candidates are, aside from the vice president, Omar Khan, from the Steelers, everyone else is either like a director of scouting or you know a player personnel or assistant GM. And like we never really understand or know, at least on our level. I, well, I'll speak for myself. At least on my level. I don't really know what – exactly these people's roles with their teams are. So it's tough to make that pick. But what is what I do like and what I am optimistic about is that the names four and around are legit candidates from legit organizations. This is this is a this is a good thing. Like you said, the VP of the Steelers, the Pats director of scouting, Elliot Wolf has been rumored around, the Colts director of scouting, Morocco Brown. The Colts that's a good roster, right? The Bills mm-hmm. assistant, the Bills assistant GM, Joe Shun, I I apologize. If I don't really know how to pronounce your last name. The Bills, <laughs> good roster. Patriots, good roster, great franchise. Like all these guys that are being rumored for the GM spot, I have promised just based on the organization that they come from and their roles aren't like, you know, just they just seem legit to me. So with the GM choices, if it's some of those four, I'll be okay with any one of those, honestly, just because I don't really know exactly their makeup of what their philosophies are. So I think we learned that with time especially at the GM position. For head coach, I'm with you guys on the Brian Flores pick. I thought the, the Dolphins are dumb for letting, like he he I think he squeezed the most out of that roster and even that defense was impressive. First time since 02 that they had back-to-back winning seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's it made no sense and it shocked everyone around the sports world that you know, Brian Flores was let go. Other names do I, I do I like that are out there. You know, the Bear, the the Bears did request interviews with Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, which is great when you see that offense that Josh Allen runs, how pass happy they they they, they spread the ball around. Justin Fields smaller of a frame than Josh Allen, so maybe let's limit those runs a bit, <laughs> or Justin, let's uh, learn how to slide normally because we don't <laughs> want those uh, fragile ribs to get broken again. But Brian Dable is another candidate that's been rumored around. I'm, I'm okay with a defensive style coach like you know Leslie Leslie Frazier comes in. You know if, uh, if, if Todd Bowles comes in as a DC uh, as a you know defensive minded head coach. You know who I'm else okay is out names. there? Urban Meyer, baby. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Yo, fuck that guy! Man. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, don't don't get me started about Urban, bro. We need forty five more minutes. Before we go off the rails, let me just say this: <laughs> I know that everyone wants, you know, um, an offensive minded coach and a head coach, which is great. Uh, I do think that's important, and I'm not necessarily afraid to bring in a defensive minded coach. But do keep in mind, and I heard this from uh, Jordan Palmer. Keep in mind that if you do bring a defensive minded coach, and you you say it's okay, bring in, bring him in, and we'll focus on getting a good OC, getting a good system around Justin. Good offensive coordinators get poached in this league all the time, right? They're the next hot candidate for for a head coach. So if if we do get a defensive minded coach who brings in a good OC and they have a good year, 
chances are he's going to be gone the next year or the year after that if that streak continues. So maybe it is good to bring in an offensive-minded coach because that way Justin could be in that same system. Yeah, it may be a different OC running it, but for the most part, the framework of that offense will still be in place even if that head coach, even if that offensive coordinator does leave for a different spot. So that's when I think the Bears will benefit from, you know, the Brian Dables of the world. Uh, Brian Flores is a, is a more defense-minded coach, but I, I don't know. It's tough to argue with what he did with, uh, with the Dolphins. But also, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know Nathaniel Hatchett was, is rumored from Green Bay. I don't know I don't know about that one. Uh, Byron Leftwich does scare me, though. That one, that one's, I don't know. I, I, I stand in that side of the, of the field where I just don't know how much is it Leftwich, how much of it is Brady, how much of it is... Uh, the system, I, I don't know. So that one is, I don't know. I can be convinced about Leftwich, but that I mean, does I th- scare I, me a little bit. I think it's the same thing as the OC from the Packers. It's the fact that you have that an all-time you. great at quarterback, right. and it's how how much is it you, and how much is it that motherfucker swinging the rock, you know? Yeah, right. and that's that's the scary part because we don't have a established quarterback. We need someone that's going to help him develop. Yeah, It's not like... Just you know, Justin Fields had his moments, but he didn't light the world on fire by any means. So, you got to get someone that is going to help bring him along. Like the, you know, when when the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I'm like, who? Fuck! Like you, you got to <laughs> bet him to win Rookie of the Year. He ain't going to win because of Jamar Chase. But Belichick and Josh McDaniels, like they they ran an offense. It's like. He's going to play well because yeah. he doesn't have to do very much. Right. I mean, they beat the fucking Bills and throw the ball three times. Just don't turn the ball over. That's that's right. been, that's always like, been Bill Belichick's argument. Just don't turn the ball over. And we have a guy who has extra, extraordinary potential. Like, ceiling is as high as anyone else that was drafted last year from the quarterback position. The ceiling is the roof. Right. Shout out, like, get, get someone that's going to help him develop so that when we look back in 10 years, we can say – He's been at the very least solid as shit the entire time. Like we've been to the Super Bowl in a season where Kyle Orton was our quarterback. Like you don't <laughs> have to be really good if you put good players on defense, you have a defensive mindset, which we should have always here in Chicago. Why on earth do we have to feel like, you know, and we get sold the dream. Uh Trestman, offensive wizard, looks like Willy Wonka. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> we were shitty. Matt Nagy lights the world on fire. It's like that defense was all time good, and yes. we wasted a season. Like, bring me someone that is going to set set the expectation that we are a defense first team with a fucking sweet quarterback. That's it. Question for you guys: Are you guys afraid at all that Justin Fields didn't have really any good statistic game? Like, at no game that you were just like, "Damn!" Even it doesn't matter if it was garbage time or anything like that. The fact that he didn't crack three hundred yards does that scare you guys? I'm not necessarily scared because I think this he was swimming upstream all season. You know, like I think he flashed the best against the Steelers when they tried to mount that comeback at the end of that Monday night football game. And you see the flashes, you know, the game against the 49ers where he had that crazy scramble and everyone's like, okay, we got one. Like these are good traits, but I think it's worth, you know, it's a good point. Like he never really lit the world on fire. And I think it's because the game plan is just, Let's do fucking toss cracks on the fucking short side of the field. <laughs> Let's do wildcat with uh, David Montgomery for a half yard game. Like the guy's got tools. Put him in positions for. And like I hated. You guys know very well. I hated Mitch Trubisky. Hated him. <laughs> and I'm not gonna apologize to him. But he was fucked too. Because yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he was never put in a position. To do like the only game he played where it was like, okay, he's sweet was that game against the Buccaneers where he had the six touchdowns. But that was because every single play was attack these DBs, move them out in space. He's running to the right and chucking the ball down the field. Like, where do you get away from that? That's why I hate Mad Nagy so much because there are guys here that are very talented NFL players, and we've wasted four years after one of the better seasons we had because of his stubbornness. You know, he didn't want to give up play calling, all that shit. And when he and, did give you know, up I play think, calling with uh, with Mitch, he did kind of flash a little bit because at least Laser was like, "All right, Mitch, what do you like to do?" 
And even right. Mitch said in his press conferences, like, well, yeah, I did go to, to, to Bill Lazor and we did talk about like me rolling out and stuff. Like he talked about plays that he feels comfortable with, which, what is, which, which is what Matt Nagy should have been doing this entire time. He's just a stubborn guy. I think he's going to yeah, end up being a really good head coach at Fresno State. And we'll <laughs> I do think that was a lot of his downfall is the stubbornness and, and, and the, the system that he ran. He just wanted to run Matt Nagy's system instead of saying, hey, what can Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson run? How can they run my offense? It was, no, we're running Nagy's system. I think that's what ended up biting him in the ass. To answer Lisa's question, no, I'm not completely afraid because of what Bowling pointed out, which was the system was his ass from, from the beginning, just cheeks, not good. What does kind of worry me about Justin, and I do want to see how this, how he progresses, and some of this is, can be coached out, but I, I just want to see it. He had a lot of the, like those obvious college tendencies that you can get away with in the college level. Right, mm-hmm. the college game you could hold on to the ball forever, and eventually something's going to break down, and you can scramble away. You can't do that in the NFL, man. Took too many sacks. You can in the in the, in the college level, for the most part, stare down your receiver. Chances are that mm-hmm. DB is ass, and you're just going to wait for your guy to get open <laughs> and just throw a bomb, and your guy's going to catch it. It's easy throwing to, to wide receivers being covered by guys from Akron. Yeah, exactly. So like, like those guys are working in at Enterprise right now, making seventy thousand and having a really really good time. Well, let me tell you, seventy thousand. Are we 000, Avis guys? My bad, my bad. We Avis guys. It's shout out Avis Budget Group. Let me just tell you this also. <laughs> let me just tell you this: seventy thousand is very generous for a rental car company. It, hey man, I'm just saying. Hey, so, some of them are insurance <laughs> agents too. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it sure say it's better. But yeah, I, we saw a lot of those college tendencies that I hope Justin can get out of. You know, he held on to the ball too long. And even sometimes when he would scramble, we were just yelling, Justin, throw the ball away for the love of God. Nobody's open. You're already scrambling. Fire it past the, the line of scrimmage. You're already out of pocket. Just get rid of it. And a lot of times you just saw him hold on and, and take that sack or run out of bounds with the ball. And you're just like, what are you doing, man? Like, I get it. You're athletic. You want to, you know, break break out and make a play, but this is a whole new level, man. These guys are fast. They can catch up to you. These linemen are, are flying at you, right? These DBs, they're sticking to your guys if they're not, you know, if you don't really scheme them open in a proper offense. So and The funniest thing he said was, oh, the game was kind of slow for me. I was like, well, uh, once you get to the regular season, these, these, linebackers you, are just, these linebackers are just as fast as you, bro. <laughs> all those guys that he played against that the game seemed slow, they're all on special teams. <laughs> they're, all, they're all covering kicks for you, bro. Like, yeah, of course it seems slow, man. They're, they're, they're not, not they're the cream slow. of the crop. <laughs> so I can't wait. Go ahead. I was going to say I can't wait till Bryce Young is our quarterback in a couple of years, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you gotta, you gotta chill, bro. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not, chill. I'm not that out on Justin. I'm still in on Justin. I just want to see some of those uh, tendencies. I want to see him get past some of the, some of that stuff. So, hopefully, whoever comes in, new OC, new head coach, they can really get with him and like show them the table. Like, look, this is why you don't hold on to the ball. <laughs> just get rid I of it. I can't wait till they make the hire and we do the podcast and we're all just shitty drinking whiskey, really sad because they <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> hey, we got we got shit faced when they picked uh, Justin Fields because we were happy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had a podcast uh, on draft night and we that was honestly that was like a three hour long podcast that I had to edit down to like an hour twenty just because. <laughs> We were drunk. We were yelling. We were excited that we started yelling about baseball, and it was just—it was a wild time. It was—I mean, I forgot the date, what that date on it was. But if you're really interested, you want to hear us drunk yelling about Justin Fields and our excitement, hit up that podcast. <laughs> Speaking of wilding, can we talk about Kodak Black, please? I, I just need to get something off my chest. <laughs> Go for it. I was sent this tweet with the vi- first of all. <laughs> Kodak Black at a Florida Panthers game is the most ridiculous sentence of all time. I think it fits perfectly. And the NHL (laughs) tweeted a picture of him because they were so excited, and then they deleted it. I think it makes sense for Florida. Yes, I guess I – yeah. Okay, I got you there. But for those who don't know, go Google or put, put Kodak Black in your Twitter search and just check my man out in the press in the suite on the second level, club level, everyone in the world thought he was having sex in that booth. No, I, I, 
he was not having sex in the booth. Living so my best life. So here's what I know. If you're from Chicago and you ever been to a juke party, you know what the hell was going on in that booth. Because that boy couldn't handle it. He did not give a fuck about shots on goal. He was trying to get <laughs> these jukes up. And shout out to my boy, uh, Jesse. There you go. This is Kodak's Black's. That was his box right now. He was playing in the background. He didn't give a fuck about no hockey game going on at the moment. Kodak was getting she, it in. She was bouncing and nearly broke her back. So very good. Um, we got to chill, man. Some people don't need to go to hockey games. Like the content. <laughs> just can't go. It. Like, just don't do it, bro. I, I actually save, think save that invitation. Should go to fucking games just for shit like that to happen. I, you know, what's funny is I saw it. And I'm like, I'm not surprised at this at all. But he's getting slandered because people can't tell if he's actually having sex. I'm like, the DJ must have been playing some heat. He was getting his jukes up. Like, what's wrong with that? One of the camera angles from, like, the fans, it looked like the other suites were looking over to his in, like, disgust. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I it's, did. A bunch of, it's a bunch of old white dudes in suits. Like, why can't I get no jukes? Like, we don't got no hoes in our booth. This is travesty. We spent, we spent 70 grand for this booth, and he didn't even pay, and he's getting jukes in his booth. This is, this is madness. Classic jersey over uh, dress shirt people. Just mad as hell. Yeah, <laughs> mad as hell. They, they they got nobody in their booth. I I did and, see. I did see. Kodak probably left in the second period. Like, <laughs> go to the club. We already got this started. We should just go straight to the club. He thought it was two halves. He's like, wait, it's not over. Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Turn that loud ass horn down. I'm trying to get these jukes up. I did see early on. I just saw Kod- people comments uh, just tweeting about Kodak Black, but no one was tweeting out the video. So I was like, "What the fuck is Kodak Black trending?" And when I looked it up, <laughs> oh man, yeah, what a guy! Buddy was going what wild, man. Buddy was going wild. Who, who would be the best person to go to a fucking hockey game like that? Our funniest, Ooh. funniest content, I should say. So I think the content is funniest. Like, if you're following someone at a hockey game, it has to be someone that knows absolutely nothing about the game. Because when I was young, I honestly did not understand hockey, but my dad used to get tickets, you know, like sponsored tickets through work. And I learned it on my own. And now, I, you know, I I love watching hockey, but it's got to be someone like, damn, I don't know. Damn, way to put you got to be careful lazy. because, like, I don't want to come off as racist or anything. So I'll <laughs> take my time here. But like, Kodak Black is very high up on the list. Like, somebody was like, I mean, he somebody gave, was like, he gave us a good uh, example of what can go down at a Kodak Black outing. So I mean, why not? Like, I think if you could do, like, if you get a suite and you can just put anybody in that suite with you, I would definitely send Chief Keith to one of these. For sure, yes. And he's and he's and he's tam- he's tampered it down a little bit as he's grown older, but like, could you imagine? He would have fifty five people. I, I have a number <laughs> one pick. I have a number one pick. So I'm always number a one way pick. For, I'm away for Edgar to go. No, just just go. I'm having a little trouble here thinking about it. Can you go for Gucci? Me? Gucci man prior jail before jail <laughs> before jail to Gucci. Wait, can, can we... you can you imagine that? No, I can't. <laughs> Doesn't that make it even better? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just fag Gucci. Be, it has to be in the middle of the Young Jeezy beef, in the middle of the Waka Flocka beef, and you got to put a microphone in his hand on the Jumbotron and have him address it and then let him run wild. I think that would be the greatest hockey game of all time. <laughs> if we're gonna If we're going to stick to rappers... Then I'm gonna go with uh, Kanye West in the Kanye timeline of the "I Am a God" when he was really, you know, just going in and just Jesus album. That's Ye. that's when it. you saw the the evolution of Jesus and and this new persona that is Yay. So I'm going Kanye West, "I Am a God" version at a side because I can imagine him just sitting there, just in disgust, looking at everybody like, you know, how much I spent on a clothing line. Yo, just judging everybody periods. around. 
between periods are going to ask him to get on the ice to shoot, and I can see him fall on his ass at least three times. They're, they're all falling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody's falling. Kodak's falling, Gucci falling, Ye falling. Shit. Everyone's going, Me? I'm falling. I'm falling. I have been on the ice before, and I, I did not fall. I was very proud of that, which is amazing because I just I was just in gym shoes. I wasn't even in skates or anything like that. I had to throw. I was doing utility, so I was throwing cable for the guy that was on the ice running with the camera. Mm. And this is that's a, a, that's a that's a really anxious job. You could ruin everything. This guy's a vet, right? He he knew what he was doing. Shout out Chell from the United Center. He. He's a veteran in the game, and I was nervous as shit. He hands me this gigantic coil of cable, and he's like, look, as soon as that, that horn goes off, these doors are going to open, and I'm going to sprint to the bench because I have to get this interview. I was like, oh, all right, cool. He's like, just keep up with me. Why Open, open up your feet, right? So how penguins walk, open up your feet and take small steps. But... If I'm getting out to her front or you feel like you're going to fall, just drop the cable and just let me go. Just <laughs> drop the cable and let me go. So did the horn, No, I, 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 I was keeping up. I did exactly what it said, but I was, dude, I, those, though, I'm sure it took like 10 seconds to get there, but it felt like fucking 10 minutes. I was fucking so nervous. I'm on the ice in a full hockey arena. The Hawks just won. This guy is, just takes off. Like he said, doors open. He's flying to the bench. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm just fucking throwing cable and I'm making sure the guys behind me don't, like, run it over with their skates and bust their shit. And now I'm at fault because I Jonathan Jonathan Tays tore his ACL tripping over a camera cable because he got this rookie <laughs> on the ice. Bro, it was it was a crazy experience, and I'm surprised that I, I, I didn't fall. But that horn also really loud when you're on the ice. Really loud. I don't know how these fucking hockey players are used to that shit. It was fucking loud. <laughs> I'm so glad that you didn't fuck that up. I'm like picturing it, and like that would be just the most embarrassing shit of all time. First, I got anxiety from you describing it. Honestly, <laughs> first time working a hockey game, they just hand me this quote that you're going to be running out on the ice, and I was like, "Excuse me, excuse me," because because the original utility guy he like sprained his ankle or something, and he's like, "Don't worry, you're going to be fine. He is going to just leave, but it's going to be fine." And I was like, "That's not enough to calm me down, man." <laughs> I got all these people watching me, and I can't just bust my shit on the ice here. Not to mention, if I did, they probably were never going to call me again to to work. So, you know that pre- that added pressure also up there. All right, so we got a five minute warning to tip off for the for the oh, Bulls. Fuck yeah, we're all right. going to get locked in, but we got to make our picks. We're we're getting back to whis- whiskey picks, right for for Wild Card Weekend. Yep. All right, who's going first? I'll kick it off. Wild card, re- wild card weekend in the NFL going down. And uh, the game I'm looking at here are the Bengals and the Raiders. First game. First game. Is that first game? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go with that game. Bengals minus five and a half. Um, the Bengals are hot right now. I know the the Raiders played that really close game against the Chargers. It was exciting. But I think the, the Bengals, they have a more cohesive offense. Like we, we know the big hitters are going to be flying down the field. Not to mention Joe Mixon ran all over them early on in the season. And honestly, I think they kind of want to going to follow that game script, especially in the playoffs. They're going to be more careful. They're going to take their shots when they have to with Jamar chase. But I think Joe Mixon is going to be, you know, he's going to be running the rock and eventually it might be kind of close early on. Cause we know that Raiders offense, it, it can't keep up. They, they are kind of unpredictable, but I think over as the game progresses, Joe Mixon wears them down, and eventually they, you know, they start going for kill shots with Jamar Chase. So give me the Bengals minus five and a half. Lee's, you want to go next? Yeah, that's cool with me. I am going to go with a Sunday game. It's going to be 49ers and the Cowboys. Cowboys are minus three favorites. I'm actually going to go with the 49ers. Um, I'm deciding if I want to go money line. Fuck it, I'm gonna go money line. Let's Just go. Dancing. I'm I'm all <laughs> over that, Lee's. I love that pick. Yeah, your dancing inspired me to go money line instead <laughs> of just taking the points like a coward. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> well, I'm just talking shit. Taking the spread when your favorite is is the bold version of you know taking money yeah. line and underdog. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I honestly think 49ers are actually just built for playoffs. So I think that they're going to match up well, and I think they're going to fucking stuff it down the Cowboys' throats. Um, I also think the offensive coordinator, who I can't think of his name from the Cowboys. uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. I think he's already going to have a job lined up, so he's like, fuck it. (laughs) Go go ahead and get a cramp again. I don't give a fuck. And then (laughs) 
And, and I think the Niners are going to whoop their ass, honestly. I love that. I'm actually going to bet that as well. Um, one of the things about Wild Card Weekend, in my opinion, is the teams playing with house money are usually the ones that you should bet on. Yep. The Niners probably you know, didn't feel like they were in a good spot to make it in. They sneak in with a big win over the Rams. Um, you know, I think the Eagles present a lot of problems for the Buccaneers because they're going to run so much. And if the game's low scoring, who knows? supposed to be crazy weather that weekend but my pick and we didn't do this on purpose because we didn't talk about it but you got the saturday game edgar lees you got the sunday game i'm taking cardinals outright against the rams and i like that i'm i'm doing that because of what i mentioned off the top the pressure on the cowboys is immense america's team you could say that all you want i think they're frauds i think dak (laughs) is really i think dak is good I think Mark McC- uh, Mike McCarthy is an idiot. So when you talk about making late game decisions, he could ruin it. And I feel that way a little bit about the Rams. I mean, I think the Cardinals all year have played way better on the road. The pressure's on. They they sold you know their picks. They got all these all pro players. They're trying to play the Super Bowl in their home state or in their home building. And Kyler Murray and them are just going to walk in there and say, "We beat you already. We're going to just do it again." So give me the Cardinals on the money line. I don't need three in the hook. I think that it's going to be high scoring, and whoever basically has the ball last is going to win. And I think, you know, the thing that the the issue that presents the issue that the Cardinals present to the Rams is that Kyle Murray is a wild card. He he could either throw for four hundred yards or he can throw for eighty seven yards, and they could still win. So give me the Cardinals. Um, I think that I don't think that's like a crazy, you know, off the wall pick. I think a lot of people are going to be on them, especially the spread, because I think there's when you play a team a bunch of times and you know them well, the game is going to be close. I don't foresee a blowout. So, yeah, give me Kyler and the Cardinals. And J.J. Watt might be back. So, you know, they're going to be blessing Fort Minor. Remember the name throughout <laughs> the entire stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the pick, boys. I do think this weekend this set up for for upsets or even just just the underdogs covering because, like the, the what you said about the Cardinals, Lee's and the Forty ers I, I agree with that. I think the Eagles could cover. I think you know if Buffalo loses to the Patriots, I'm not totally shocked. I and mean, it's supposed to be like three degrees that uh, that night, so it's like. It sh- it should be a, f- a fun night of games, either going back and forth, or at least some of these games keeping it close with a, you know an eye and underdog here. So, uh, boys, it's good to be back. Yap Chicago, we're back for the new year and going forward. Don't forget to follow the show at Yap Chicago underscore on Twitter at Yap Chicago on Instagram. Call us if you have a thought on today's show. Call us leave a me- leave us a message at three one two nine eight five six zero zero six. You can follow me on Twitter at EP773 underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be uh, at Mike Alex Bowling <laughs> on all my socials. Follow me if you want to see me talking about gambling or the Chicago Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Lee's922 or on Instagram at Elysio Crow. JR. And don't forget to visit tribecoffeecode.com. Enter promo code YABSHY for 10% off of your order. And with that, have a great weekend, guys. Hopefully we all win our bets and uh, we'll see you next week. Beat the Nets. Let's go.